The sun rises, the sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. Great poem. Threat. Okay. Joshua 14, 11, and 12. As you can see, this is not going to be your t- typical Steve Pineda sermon. But some guys do this and they listen to them, so. Do you have it? Let's begin in verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, it's kept me alive 45 years since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. At least in the spirit if you're talking about me. Now give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Give me this mountain, even with the giants in it. Now... When I took homiletics in Bible college, they said, preach every sermon like it's going to be your last. I don't want to do that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Strike that for the record. If if the rest of you fellas want to do that, that's up to you. (laughs) Also, you know, when, when the, this affliction hit me and everybody was on a big roll and I hope you're still there praying for me from all over. And then all of a sudden somebody said, you know what, it's, 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 uh, it's Miracle Month. And it was. And then a few people, including my wife, they approached me and said, why don't we keep Miracle Month or something along those lines. And I said, no... Next month is Missions Month. I think we've got to stick with Missions Month. Because if you belong to this church, you know that up till this point, every month has been orchestrated by God. Every month. We've been doing this for about two and a half, three years. And every month, every time we do it, it's right on time. Always right on time. So I told my wife, no. And then plus missions is the heart of God. And I want to do the heart of God. It's my heart too. That's why I'm going to speak on missions today. All right? Back in... It's a little odd for me. I'm used to like walking around. But anyways, back in the day... <laughs> back in the early 1900s, there was an expeditionist. He used to climb mountains, a mountain climber. His name was George Gregory, out of London, England. And he tried to conquer Mount Everest... One time didn't make it. Two times couldn't make it. The third effort, they really, really prepared to climb the mountain, but they couldn't make it there as well. Matter of fact, tragedy struck. A huge avalanche came down and George Gregory died. And while they were having an event there to celebrate his life and what had happened, 
a lot of people there. But one of those people that belonged to the expedition who survived was there and started looking around at all the pictures of the mountain team and what have you. Then, as he was talking and speaking, he turned around in the back where he was speaking from, there was a big picture of Mount Everest. And he said these words, and I've said them before. He looked right at the mountain in the picture, and he says, you know what, Mount Everest? You might have defeated us once. You might have defeated us twice. You might have defeated us three times. But we're going to get you. Because you can't get any bigger. But we can. We can. Today I want to be talking about give me that mountain. Give us that mountain. Now what are the facts and the accounts that surround the portion of scripture that I read? Stay with me now, okay? When we examine the facts and the accounts that are written here in Joshua 14, when we begin to listen and hear a little bit about Caleb's request, give me this mountain. That request sounds more like a foolish fantasy. What does it sound like? sound like? A foolish fantasy coming from a child. Then a serious adult desire coming from an elder statesman. It sounds childish. Give me this mountain. And I'll tell you why. In other words, it's pretty outlandish. It's, far, it's a far out request. But Caleb, who is now 85 years old, when he had been 40 years old, he and Joshua had been sent to spy out Tracy, I mean, the land. Okay? And the two spies, he and Joshua brought a favorable report, many of you know the story, but the other ones brought a bad report. They brought back, Joshua and Caleb brought back a report of faith. While the ten people that brought, the other spies that brought a bad report, they brought back a report of fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Two brought back a report of faith, two brought back, ten brought back a report of fear. See, Israel ended up following the ten bad reports. They became fearful. A little leaven spoiled the whole lump. Now, now we find 45 years later, Joshua has received all kinds of accolades. Joshua has received all kinds of honors and favors and plenty of attention during those 45 years when you read the Bible. Joshua has. While Caleb had been content to stand in the silent background. Sort of like the best kept secret within the best kept secret. Are you with me, ministers? I've taught these guys this. Ask them what I'm talking about. Caleb had been content to sit in the silent background. Joshua had been in the forefront, receiving all kinds of praise and adoration, which he deserved. He's a great leader. So after, now that the, most of the land has been allotted and given out to all the tribes of Israel and individuals, Caleb steps up and says, hey, how about me? Give me a portion. I want some of that land. I've been silent, but I ain't going to be silent now. Uh, I got a promise 45 years ago. I ain't going to be tonight. See, all others have been given an opportunity to, to get their land and to, 
settle into a comfortable home. Everybody else has, but not Caleb. See, while Caleb, one of the two men who had helped gain and attain Canaan, had again, he'd been omitted, he'd been neglected. He had not received one foot of land. He'd not received anything up to this point. He had been busy fighting for his brothers and sisters for them to acquire the land. He'd been fighting for them. This tribe was given this. This tribe was given that. This individual was given that. And Caleb said, hey, let's go get it. He'd been fighting for his brothers and sisters to acquire their land. So up to now, he has no home. Are you with me? None. Or no land. So when the people realize their oversight... They asked Caleb to make his request. He said, oh my God, how about this guy? He ain't got nuna tuna. And to their surprise, and even their shame, Caleb asked for what nobody dared ask for before. Give me this mountain country, the land of the giants, the annex. That's what I want. It was to their surprise and also to their shame. Because nobody had asked for that. It was a land of terror and fear. Too many crazy Muslims there. It's a place with no money. Ah, the ghetto. The inner cities. Give me Blackhawk. Passa. See, no other Jew wanted it. Not any other warrior had asked for it and been willing to try and take it up to this point. It was a stronghold of the giants. So why did Caleb want this mountain? Well, to understand why someone would ask for something like that, you need to try and understand more about the person. You need to get to know more about the individual. So we're going to find out a little bit about Caleb right now. Why he would be such a man to ask for such a mountainous region. Fearful place. Terror. So let's do that with Caleb. We've already seen Caleb was a modest, humble man. He didn't look for the limelight. That's the way I've tried to teach our guys. Try to teach him like that. That's the way Caleb was. He was, he was in the background, silent. Huh? Just give me my ministry, I'll be fine. Let me win some souls, I'll be all right. Let me propagate the gospel, I'm going to be good. It was a lot like the spirit of his father, Moses, who the Bible says was the most humblest man that ever walked on this planet. He was a lot like his dad, his spiritual leader. It seems like this was only the every time that Caleb ever asked for anything for himself. Sort of like in Matthew 9, 9, I taught before. Matthew 9, 9 is written by who? Matthew. All right, I'll give you a quiz. Matthew 9, 9 was written by who? Oh, you all pass. <laughs> in Matthew 9, 9, is the only verse that Matthew ever talks about himself. And he'd been a terrible tax collector. He'd been a very selfish man. But when Jesus Christ touches your life, you selfish guys, ex-selfish guys, 
he, he, he humbles you. He makes you forget about yourself. At least it was supposed to be like that. See, knowing more about this man, Caleb, he was never one to complain or criticize other individuals. Throughout scripture, we see Caleb, a fine, fine type of self. He had a fine, fine self of self-sacrificing loyalty. That's what he was made up of. Self-sacrificing loyalty. And this is a great, great quality in an individual. Pastor Sonny has that. It's great to see men like this, especially during a time of nothing but self-seeking people. The world is full of self-seeking people. I travel the world. And there's so many people out there in it for themselves. Uh, but men like Caleb stand out head over shoulders other than the rest. They stand out head over shoulders than everybody else. No matter your size, Lenny. No matter. If you display these qualities and you're not self-seeking but self-sacrificing, you'll stand out. Especially in the hood. Hey, bro, what's going on? What's happening, man? Just, just eat your mush and hush. Uh, See, most men are taught, get all you can and can all you get. May victory outreach Hayward and our people never be known as opportunistic hunting beggars looking for handouts. Never. Opportunistic hunters looking for handouts. I don't want our people to grow up to be like that. This sermon today is very important to me. I hope you stay with me. I'm bringing out a lot of stuff here that I want to see you grow up to be like. See, there's a difference between blessings and beggings. A lot of our guys can become beggars. Let's go sell tickets. Let's go do this, that, and the other. No, no, no. Let's get on our knees. Let's read the word. Let's believe God. Look for blessings, not beggings. So you can't make a living without laboring. Can't make a living without laboring. Long live the spirit of Caleb, which says, let everyone look out for the interests of others before himself. That's the spirit of Caleb. See, the opportunistic spirit cheapens ministry. Guys, it cheapens ministry. Another characteristic regarding Caleb was that he never asked for easy things. Us here within Victory Outreach and and Pastor Sonny. One of the very few times he ever assisted us, Victory Outreach Hayward, was back when we were trying to get a building on Mission. uh, 1982 on Mission Boulevard. But by and large, hey, if we can do it, we'll do it. Uh, Pastor Sonny helped us here and there, and God bless him. By and large, we have to, you know, fiend for ourselves. Trust the Lord. See, the road hasn't been easy for Victor Outreach Hayward. Because God builds his highways where Caleb built his. Where was that? On the mountains. The Bible says in Isaiah, God builds his highways on the mountaintops. Not on the easy road down by the beach. Anybody can build a road by the beach. 
My grandkids could do that. All you need is a hand. Little carritos. Here's my road. Uh, I'll pay up the toll. See, what Caleb asked for was pretty much what could be considered impossible. That's what he was asking for. He either lost his head or he gained a lot of faith. He was either crazy or courageous. Had to be. Either crazy or courageous. All other lands had already been conquered and secured. Except this fortress of the giants. Father Abraham and Sarah and Jacob, they were buried in that mountain. They were already there, but they had, the other Israelites, the other Jews had given it up. Yes, our father Abraham is buried there, but so what? Let it go. Let it ride. To their shame. But until now, the rest of the Jews, like I said, they didn't care that Sarah and Abraham and Jacob were buried on that mountain that the giants now occupied. But at 85 years old, Caleb asked for the hardest job of his life. Did you hear me? This was the hardest job he'd ever taken on. He's 85 years old. That's the hardest job he'd ever asked for. Give me Cape Town. Right, John? Right, Bernard? Give us Cape Town. And they know it's not going to be easy. But Caleb didn't ask for the easy stuff. We don't ask for the easy stuff. See, Victory Outreach International can drive them out as the Lord leads us and helps us. Victory Outreach International can drive all those giants out. See, this is going to be Caleb's most difficult fight in his long and very eventful life. Had had a long life, eventful life. But this is going to be his most difficult fight. A battle that even younger men shunned and didn't want. This was Caleb's finest hour. He never appeared more of a man than on that day. When he stood up straight, looked everybody else in the eye, and with the courage of 45 years past said, Give us this mountain, and that mountain, and that mountain, and that mountain, and that mountain. We want mountains. That's what we want. Don't talk about, to me about little rumpkin kind of little stuff. Give that to the babies, to the snivelers, to the chachas. Give that to them. We want mountains. Give it to the wannabes. So Caleb was. That's who I want us to be like. It was his finest hour. See, if we've looked at Caleb the man. Now, before we close, let's look at Caleb's request. What are we going to look at? Caleb's request. See, while request that he made looked foolish, it was really in keeping or in line with Caleb's character. It looked foolish, it looked dumb, but it was really in, in line and in keeping with his character. Caleb's name means capable. What does it mean? Capable. capable. As a matter of fact, when the ten spies had given an angry report to Israel, Caleb's 
But he does, he, he breaks right in, the Bible says, and he says, let us go up at once, for we are well capable of occupying that land. Back in the days, 45 years before. So let's go up right now. Vámonos. Uh, don't even think about it. I've already prayed about it. We can do it. Uh, for we are well capable. See, this guy was full of courage and confidence and daring. His friends, his family, and his foes could not break his spirit. Not even cancer. These type of men are the ones who change history. They make a difference in life and in people's lives. Men like this are rare and few and far between. They are. They can ask for mountains. Why? Because they themselves have mountains in here. That's why they ask for mountains. Uh, this request was also founded in faith. This request. 45 years ago, God himself had promised this land to Caleb. And he had not forgotten. Faith had kept them going on. God told me, I want to get it. When? I don't know. God has promised us big time stuff. God has promised us he's going to build this site out here and fill it up. Uh, it's so beautiful when you have more people worshiping God and glorifying God. There's power in the... Amen. More amens, more power. I thank God that I've tried to cultivate friendships. Because when I needed them, and you were a part of it, they were there from all over the world. Could be that just one extra prayer is why I'm here today. Why I'll be here tomorrow. See, Caleb had kept the promises in his heart, and now it was payday. In Joshua 14. Now it's payday. Now it's his time. Giants or no giants, that ground is mine. That land belongs for heroes, not heathen giants. Stay with me here. That mountain belongs for heroes, not for heathens. Anyways, the rest of the Israelite people felt great. That somebody had finally chosen that land. It's Ru, Kesuave. Somebody picked it. Hey. Uh, they'd washed their hands of their responsibility. And they didn't feel bad that they'd left it for an old man. They didn't, hey, give it to the old man. He'd vámonos, give it to him. It's okay. Let him have the inner cities. We got. San Ramel. Had to knock San Ramel. Uh, they knew there was no way that he could do it. But he asked for it so he can have it. If that's what he wants, psh, give it to him. That old man. But to the people's surprise, except for capable Caleb's, Caleb lost no time. Let us go up at once, 
and conquer the giants. He lost no time. It wasn't long before he took the mountain. And he turned the name from Anak to Hebron once he took the land. And Hebron ended up being the capital of the Hebrews for seven years. That's the land that he took. He turned it around. He took the inner cities and made them winter cities. That's what he did. He took a place that nobody wanted and turned it into a place that would produce ministry giants for the Lord. He took physical giants, downed them, but he says, if, if that place grows giants, if that place can produce gang leaders, if that place can produce sold out drug addicts, then it can produce mighty men. Valor! He turned it around. He saw what nobody else saw. He saw the possibilities through God's promises. Uh, he turned ground zero into ground hero. would be used by King David to raise up heroic men like the three mighty men who when they heard David only wish for a drink of water they said his wish is our command the pastor wants a glass of water from the well of Bethlehem. The Bible says David just wished, but his wish was their command. That's what I want to see, or that's what I wish to see done here in Victory Outreach, Hayward and Victory Outreach International, a place where heroes are cultivated. See, while acts of heroism, they happen suddenly. An emergency happens and a hero goes in and takes care of business. That's how heroes are birthed. But while acts of heroism happen suddenly, heroes aren't born again suddenly. They're cultivated. They're produced. They're trained. They're discipled in the mountains where it's hard living. Or it's tough. Every penny's earned. Uh, heroes have a history. 
They have a past. Uh, heroes are cultivated. Then they're sent out. Heroic deeds happen like that. You don't know if there's a hero living in you. But when the time comes, an emergency calls for it, we'll know. We'll know. And that's what I want to see happen in Victory Outreach here. That'll be a land where David can produce three mighty men, 37 mighty men, 70 mighty men, women too. Where you'll be able to go out someday, many of you. And you'll know that a lot of times the real heroes are back here. Sending you the money out there. Uh, but that's what I want to see happen here. Individuals taking in God's word, studying it. Becoming all God wants you to be. Then utilizing it. Don't be like the younger guys here. Don't be like the ten spies that had fear. Cultivate your faith. Get trained. Get ready. That's what... Caleb saw on that mountain. He saw a training ground for inner city people. That one day, and that's always been my heart, that we would be able to contribute to the overall kingdom of Christianity. Uh, we would produce great song leaders and worship leaders and musicians to contribute to the overall Christianity this planet men that will be remembered man if it wasn't for that guy if it wasn't for that couple if it wasn't for that person thank God for them I don't know how long I'll be able to continue that but most of you look healthier than me yeah you do uh, God's going to be counting on you I'm going to be counting on you Give me this mountain. See, if you belong to this church here in this ministry, we're looking for heroes. We got men, like, if I could tell you about Pastor Sonny, wow. I've taught and spoken about him. What a man. Just like Caleb. They're rare and few and far between. We have men like that leading us. Should produce more. I want every head bowed, every eye closed.